Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Manchester United Redcast with me, Chris Curley. And joining me this week as we go into the final stages of the season is my partner in crime, my Cagney to my Lacey for older viewers, my Chunks to my young Philly for younger ones. Yes, it's uh, Ben Paul is with us today. Hello, Ben. Well, I quite like it if I was your rubble to your um, sky, because um, I'm very much a big Paw Patrol fan these days. Um, I thought you were going to go Fred Flintstone to Barney Rubble. No, you, you're, getting, you're getting too old. Our, our youngsters are starting at the age of five now. Um, my kids, two and four, that's not their names, that's their ages. They can, uh, before they could talk, they can sing Glory, Glory, Man United, the Bruno song, and now the big on the Cavani song. So um, teaching, United are teaching my children at the moment. Don't sure, I'm not sure it's a lesson they want to be learning right now, though. Not been a good well, week, I've has it? The membership. Yeah, I've cancelled the membership for my nephews who are eight and four. That actually is are uh, is their names. <laughs> and eight eight doesn't really care about it. Four doesn't know too much. <laughs> so I, you know, but it's it's going to save me about forty quid this year, which is which is fine. Better not in the Glazers' pocket. And of course, it's a big week because the fans are allowed back in the stadiums tomorrow for Fulham. So we are expecting some big green and gold protests, I think. Do you know what I'm expecting? I'm expecting that, that when we walk back into the stadium, it will be um, everything with pristine and state-of-the-art because, you know, we've had um, the best part of a year with it, with an empty stadium. I'm sure the Glazers would have put money back into the, the infrastructure. You know, I'm sure with the 1.5 billion that they've taken from the club, I'm sure some of that has gone back to fixing the roof, um, making those toilets a little bit more um, sanitary. I, mean, I think the point is, right, if you were going to have a good chance to improve the stadium facilities, you'd have done it when no one was allowed in it, right? Yeah, ever. I'm sure they would have done it. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm sure. 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 I'm pretty sure it hasn't changed whatsoever. I know there were still leaks in the roof for the Liverpool and Leicester games last week when it was teaming down in Manchester. Um, I can't believe it. Well, what were your impressions of Leicester and Liverpool? Did, it, did both those games really highlight our weaknesses? Yeah, well, the Leicester game, you've got to give them a bit of latitude to some res- in some respects because we played what is essentially a reserve team. 
it does show a lack of strength in depth when they, I don't know, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt against Leicester. The, the thing that most is, is most apparent is, A, we miss Harry, and it's a good thing for Maguire. You realise what a, what a, what a stalwart he is, but also set pieces, for fuck's sake. 33% of our goals let in have been through set pieces, and Leicester and Liverpool, again, exposed. So for me, my learnings, set pieces. We missed Harry Maguire. Leicester, we did put in a an unfamiliar team. Liverpool, knackered? I don't know why, because that team didn't play. Well, let's stick on the set pieces for a minute, because, you know, against Leicester, Ollie made the substitution and brought Rashford on. And, you know, one of the key rules you're taught, or you know from growing up, um, is that you don't make substitutions if you defend in corners because of the um, the, the set-piece plans of who's marking who you've laid out can be confusing when someone has just come on come onto the pitch. And Rashford lets Unku go and he, he buried their header. Um, against Liverpool, of course, Pogba once again proved what a liability he is in the box. Not only did he give away the free kick um, in the first place just before half-time, he got on the wrong side of Firmino. And I think that's... That was the that was were two issues from the game that occurred to me. One was Pogba again in terms of his defensive liability because Fred and McTominay got a lot of criticism. But the truth is, Pogba should be playing in that centre too. And Ollie feels he can't trust him defensively to do it. And that seems to be the nub of that issue for me about what do you do with Paul Pogba? Um, despite all of his ability, great abilities played well this last six months, but when it comes down to it, do you keep Paul Pogba? Can Paul Pogba play in a two? I don't think you can trust him defensively. By putting him out on the left, it compromises Rashford, as we've talked often about. And that was a, a real highlight for me, because going forward to the summer, we have to have someone who can control that midfield, both with and without the ball. And it needs one person to be able to do that job, not two. And that, that in both games, felt like, that's a problem for us. But do you think if Pogba played with a, you know, a Kino type, do you think he would excel? Do you think Kino could could bring the best out of Pogba and, and sort of take his his responsibility, defensive responsibilities there? And there's many players that we we could name that can play in that Kino role. Um, you know, I Declan mean, Rice, maybe. for example. I mean, maybe, but I think that's the unknown, and also. You know, Pogba goes into his final year in his contract. So you're going to let him leave for free again? It's a factor. It's a it's a factor. I'm I'm a I'm unsure about what to do about it now. Recently, I, I know we need to improve that midfield for sure um, with someone. And then you know, unless Pogba's going to sign a new contract, he's got to play in that too because I think it compromises us up front too much. Compromises Marcus Rashford. Rashford was so much better in the second half against Liverpool. When Fred went off, Pogba went back into the two, and Rashford was able to break on break through on the inside left. I agree. I agree. We it's not um, it's not sustainable. You you have to stick Rashford out on the left, and, and but and also we're talking about set pieces, and I think Dean Henderson's performance against against Liverpool um, certainly has to come under some scrutiny for me. Yeah. Well, we were talking about it as the game progressed. Did we miss De Gea that game? Was was his judgment at fault? 
do we miss the experience of De Gea? I'm not sure. Well, I think in that Liverpool game, and we've seen it a couple of times uh, this season, Henderson makes his own trouble. You know, he comes when he shouldn't. Uh, and, you know, you could argue on the corner, he came for the ball uh, and didn't get a good clean enough punch to clear it, which resulted in Nat Phillips' cross shot and Firmino, uh, Yotta scoring rather. And then, of course, in the second half, um, he fumbled the, the, the shot. Yeah. And then, frankly, on the th- on the final goal with Salah and a one-on-one, he basically looks like my nephew, Eight, who, uh, when he's in goal, in terms of closing down the angle, Eight would have come out and um, made it much more difficult for Salah. And it's just those kind of things that made me go, oh, that, that was a worrying performance for me. Yeah, well... If it is decision-making, then it's you can do something about that. It, it comes with experience. It's whether he has, for me, the ability to become a top-class goalkeeper. And I think he does. Um, and that's why I would I would give him the benefit of the doubt and I'll stick with Hendo. Um, but yes, it, I mean, to, to concede four goals at home is, is not... Yeah, you just don't well, want Liverpool to do... completely did a number on us in terms of, you know, they set traps and we fell into them. Their pressing was very good. We didn't take the ball well enough. They kind of um, blocked the outlet of Luke Shaw and stopped Luke Shaw getting the ball. And when he did get the ball, they cut down his angles because he's been a major outlet for us. Um, and and so, you know, yes, two games in two days and a lot of games in, in a very short period of time are a factor. But I think what this week highlighted... Uh, this past week, rather, highlighted to us are possibly strength and depth issues, the need, the things we've known about, about the centre-half issue without Maguire, and um, that became quite stark. And the midfield, c- control of the midfield and how we do that going forward into the summer. They were all there for us to see, which, you know, United need to get back on track this week ahead of the Europa League final, I think. Yeah, well, if you're looking at positives, it is pointing out how good Maguire actually is because he's, you know, he comes in for a lot of stick. And we've always suspected Baye being a little bit rash on the edge of the box. It's still, I, the man, no matter how many times I see that penalty, there wasn't a penalty, it's not clear cut for me. But he is definitely hot headed and capable of making those rash decisions. And that's a constant. And Baye is not a young player anymore. He should, his knowledge and his, and his, and his, tactical decision-making should be better. So there are question marks over Bailly, even if he was fit um, for a season. We have all got uh, question marks over Lindelof. And obviously, you know, these are discussions we've had for a long time. So Maguire plus one other. Maguire now, we, we know. Baye and Tuanzebe made me very nervous when they were on the ball against Leicester. It was like mm-hmm. Leicester said, let them have it and we'll pick them off. And similarly, you know, against Liverpool again, Baye was nervy on the ball. Uh, for me, that's never a penalty, by the way. I mean, it should never be a penalty. Uh, he kicked the ball first and kind of came through and caught him. That's not football, if that's a penalty. Just, it's just the... No matter how many times I see it, I can't see him kicking the ball. But yes, I get that. I totally understand He did that. get the ball. He got the ball. That's a fact. That's a fact. Well, it, it looks like he, he it was a feather, it was a feathery, oh, feather he got, touch he got more between. Than that. He, got, he, he got more than that. And I had Nat Phillips in my fantasy league team. So I was quite happy to get the two points for the assist on the foul and the penalty. 
Um, I also buy Insure, and that has ruined my fantasy league season. That performance on uh, oh no on Thursday night, oh, it's brutal. It's br- brutal. It, you were. It, it's it's very it deeply upset me. I gamble. You are the United of the league. You you did you came within ten, what thirty points. But anyway, this is a different discussion. Different discussion. Um, for a different podcast. But I'm telling you, it was it was that result was brutal for me. I took it back. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, sorry to hear that because you and I both know who's going to win this league, and it's not good. It's it's the equivalent of City winning. Actually, it's the equivalent of Liverpool winning your league. It, it actually but, is the equivalent of Liverpool. Yeah, league. it's horrendous. But this is this is the fallout you see from defeats against Leicester and Liverpool. I didn't mind the Leicester defeat as much as as I could have because it, it caused trouble for Liverpool. If only we'd fucking lo- not lost to Liverpool. Because that, the 95th minute winner yesterday from Alisson already put a shocking day. I had a shocking day yesterday, a shocking weekend. But it put the icing on the cake for the most shocking of, of weekends. And it's... Now they are within a decent chance of getting into Europe. I mean, you know how much we... Fucking hate that. I know, but as a football fan, you've got to say the Allison thing was amazing. I mean, no. it, was, it was amazing. No, no, my, 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 my hate for Liverpool trumps anything. On a purely football thing, on a football basis, finally a goalkeeper's finally gone up and scored one. You know, the amount of times you see goalkeepers going up and they get nowhere near it is the only, hilarious. <laughs> well, the only, the only good thing about that is that I like Allison and he's had a lot of sorrow this year, so I'm pleased for him as an individual, but... Hey, before we um, go to the break, I just got a, a couple of listeners have written in. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, no. a couple of, I've got a couple of uh, messages, there, a couple of questions. But you're going to have to... Um, one was for Dan Riley, who was meant to be here, but he's not. Um, Paul from Houston, you remember him. He said, um, Dan the man Riley has a very attractive voice, like a young Danny Dyer with A-levels. <laughs> but as a Cockney Red... Is he secretly pleased by West Ham's season? As we all know, Cockney Reds support the Hammers. Well, I can answer on behalf of Dan because I've known him 20 years. Um, he's not. He has no affiliation to, to West Ham. He used to be Danny Dyer's producer, so there's, there's more than an affectation there. They spent years together travelling the world doing football factories, so I'm sure there's, uh, the, the rub, you know, they've, I think they've rubbed off on each other. It's an anger about Cockney Reds, and I think we're all one united, and we shouldn't. Do you know what? Dan and I watched the European Cup final when Arsenal were in it, what, 10, 15, 15 years ago plus? We sat in an Arsenal pub, in an Arsenal area, because that's where we worked, both absolutely cheering on. I think it was Barca. Absolutely. Because that was part of my blagging period to get a ticket to the European Cup final. And um, representing the Los Angeles Times. I remember, I remember. My well. housemate's brother went as me and rang up and said, oh, somebody's, somebody else is you. Because I told a few people by this point, but he'd had permission to be me. But I can't get in. They won't give me a ticket. I went, stay strong, be calm, and um, you'll get in. And he went back and he got his ticket and he watched it. And I think because they got beat, he didn't get me anything back. He never said thank you. He never said thank you. <laughs> so Dave, you still owe me something for that. I still, um, I still owe you for um, putting me up in Sitges in 99. You did. Let's not talk about Sitges. I didn't know what that place was <laughs> uh, when I made the booking. Uh, so, and we got another message. This is, um, this, uh, we, we've met him before on the podcast. Um, Richard G., uh, the breakdancer from Cheadle, says, uh, Chris Curley, you really have a face for radio. I mean, I think he means voice. But would you like to pursue a presenting career full-time I think you could have a future on TalkSport too. 
he said. And I was talk like, sport. is that TalkSport also? Or TalkSport, the channel two? Well, I didn't even know there was a TalkSport two. Exactly. And there is. <laughs> I think you've got a chance on BBC Seven, is basically what you're saying. Well, I mean, like, he giveth with one hand and taketh with another. <laughs> we, don't do th- we do this for fun. We don't do it for money. Do we, it's Cheadle, it's Cheadle. You're, you're, I'm Sale, you're Heaton Chapel, aren't you? No, I'm still in in the Manchester ba- the Manchester boundaries, technically. You live near the McVitie's fam- factory. You're... Yeah, it's on the border with Levenjune, which is go. now very gentrified. And I read I read this weekend that the prices in Gorton uh, are going up, and that <laughs> makes me really worried about my uh, social mobility status in the world of television. <laughs> I can't suddenly claim, hold on a minute. I'm from where Shameless was set. <laughs> when I was growing up in Sale, all the players lived around me. I had Stuart Pearson around the corner, Alex Stepney. Uh, Paddy Crowroom was next door but one. The chances of any United player living in Sale now... And, and well, the- Stockport, I worked at CNA in Stockport and um, I, we had a couple of City players came in from time to time. One was uh, Michel Vonk, the centre-half. Remember and I him? sold him two suits from Avanti. <laughs> it's true. It's true. In the days, of days of, of City players shopping in CNA. Well, um, Paul and Paul from Houston and Richard G, the breakdown. So thanks for those messages. Keep them coming in. We've got one more podcast of the season left. And um, we'll be back after these commercial messages to discuss the remaining games and the Europa League final. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Manchester United podcast with me, Chris Curley, for the second half with Ben Paul looking at a big week ahead. And the climax, yes, a climax to the season. Ben, Fulham tomorrow night um, on the TV, six o'clock kickoff. Um, team news has come in that Martial and James have been back training, are in the squad, and they should be fit enough for the bench. Um, Fulham already relegated, looking ahead to next season. It should be a comfortable victory, you would think on paper. But I think the atmosphere in Old Trafford is going to be, well, interesting because actually now the fans are allowed in for the first time in 10 days since they weren't allowed in. Uh, how's that going to affect things, do you think, tomorrow? Well, it's a good question, Chris Curley. I think um, I think it'd be great for players like Cavani and Bruno to, to although it's 10,000, to feel what it's like to get an old traffic crowd behind them, especially Cavani, because I don't think he's ever had a crowd behind him, has he? Um it's slippery at Old Trafford. It's it's really tricky. Two defeats in a row at Old Trafford. You'd imagine against the lower... But then we lost to Sheffield United this season. You know, it, it doesn't go that we're definitely going to win at home against one of the shit, one of the lesser clubs. 
But looking but ahead to the looking ahead to tomorrow with Europa League in mind, are you? Which is just over eight, what well, just over a week away. Are you playing tomorrow? Apart from Maguire, obviously. But are you playing tomorrow the side you expect to be to start the final? Do you know what? Ordinarily, it's a good question. Ordinarily, I would say rest the players, get them fresh, get them fresh. But because we've lost two games in a row, we need to get our momentum back. And players have got to compete for their place in the European Cup, you know, in the, in the final team. So I'm thinking um, we need to start, we need to play the next game or at least one of the next two games with the game with the, with the team that we're playing in the final. What, what do you think? I agree. I mean, I think we need rhythm and momentum back in some form. I think there's a decision to make still over who partners Lindelof if Maguire doesn't make it. Um, I think Bailly obviously should have a go first, but I would worry about that because Bailly went off in the last five minutes against Liverpool and he put McTominay back there. Um, I think maybe we've got a slight injury or whatever it was. So there's a question mark there because I think Maguire is more doubtful than Ollie's letting on about him being. I think he is too. Um, for me, I would st- I would start the team tomorrow night who I expect to start the final, um, and that would be and the goalkeeper one's up for debate. But I'd go with Henderson if I'm going to keep him. I'm going to go with Henderson, um, Wambasaka, by Lindelof, Shaw. Then I'm putting Pogba in midfield with McTominay, mm. with Bruno. And then on the left, I've got Rashford, Cavani up front, and I've got Greenwood on the right. Yes. That's how I would start tomorrow, and that's how I would start the Europa League final. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. That's the, the strongest team that we've got. I don't think there's any... Uh, you could argue Fred instead of McTominay because he's got legs and he might do more tracking back to, to compensate for Pogba. But as far as the others go, no, that... When you look from... Pogba going forward, you know, ignore McTominay, you know, I love McTominay, but Pogba going forward, that is a world-class forward line. You, you, but it's just, it's what happens behind them is, is, is the, is the scary bit. I I mean, I would add to it, obviously next summer, and there's a lot of talk about the Sancho deal being back on the cards. I mean, Sancho. This is an interesting one, isn't it? Well, Sancho, I think in England, weirdly, doesn't get the like excitement and praise that he should. Because he's he is up there in terms of being a 20, 20 on roll with incredible statistics. I mean, if you look at his last twenty appearances for Dortmund, he's had nineteen starts, thirteen goals, and thirteen assists, and that is just ridiculous. I mean, that is ridiculous. And of course, he scored two. He scored two and got an assist in the um, in the, in cup the final. final he did um, against Leipzig like last week. Also about him, he's a right winger, but people forget, and I've said this before, so I'll say it again. Um, he can play left wing. He can play number ten. You know, he can be ro- you can rotate that front line between Rashford, Greenwood, Sancho, and Cavani really seamlessly. Um, and so for me, it's like yeah, get him because I think we're going to get goals. And if you're going to keep Cavani, you believe Greenwood's a number nine, what are you going to do about Martial? That should get you through the season in the number nine position. Um, and we'll see. But I think I, I think we'll go for Sancho. But in part of other transfers, I think it depends on what happens to De Gea and what happens to Pogba to decide what we're going to do about those other positions at centre-back and centre-midfield. And it could also be what, what we're going to do about Martial. Because... Uh, Personally, and I think not alone, we should. I think we should cash in on him now. Um, we need to boost that pot because I, I'm slowly warming to the, to the idea of, of Jadon Sancho. Um, I think there's probably very. Lim- you've got to play your strongest hand, and I don't think we're. 
our strongest hand. I don't think we're in the running really for for Haaland. Um, I think if he's clever, he'll stay another season and go on his uh, go cheap. I think now um, Dortmund have qualified for the Champions League. They'll keep him. They'll they'll want to keep him, and because his clause doesn't kick in till next year. There's a lot of interesting things around Europe happening, obviously, with Barcelona's management and whether they stick or twist with Koeman. What they do with Messi, you know, um, there's rumours flying around at the weekend, and I think it's probably just rumours that his agent is trying to get other clubs back interested in him, going, we'll take a pay cut. What's going to happen with Zidane at Real Madrid? Lots of talk. Zidane will go to Juventus. Um, and with They're going to do a swap. They're going to do a swap, aren't they? With that, there's a, Allegri's there's a going. swap with Pogba. Um, you know, Raiola hinted at a Pogba Hazard swap at one point with Real Madrid. So there's a lot of things bubbling. It'd be interesting how much happens before the Euros. I don't think much. Um, but I think United would be great to do a big bit of business in Sancho, which ideally you could get done before the Euros. Um, I think that would be a that would that would be a good statement for next year. And I think, you know, the Glazers will obviously think that would be a way to appease the fans in terms of um, what could be a summer of discontent. Yeah. I think Varane and, and Sancho and possibly even Declan Rice, it's all doable. And it's it would appease. And it's not out of, it, you know, it's, it's not beyond the realms of capability as far as our budget goes. Um, award time um, is coming up and, you know, fans on the manunited.com website have been asked to vote for their player of the year and goal of the year. Um, ben, for you, what, what's, let's start with goal of the year before we get into the player. What's been your goal of the season? You're putting me on the spot here. I am. I mean, um, there's many options, many choices. If you were to put me on the spot, there's one that sticks out for me. And it's because we're playing against Fulham on Tuesday that this one is probably quite relevant. It's Pogba against Fulham at Craven Cottage. Um, he took it. It was it was a beauty. He took it. I think he took it down from the sky on his right, smashed it in with his front, with his left from about twenty five yards. It was a corker. I loved that one. But um, for pure out and out skill. It was it was fantastic. One that, as a team goal, um, the Bruno breakaway away at Newcastle, at the beginning of the season. Yeah, one that sticks out and he put it in the top corner. But we were kind of like you know comfortable in the game. My goal of the year goes to a man I'm in love with. <laughs> uh, it goes it goes to a man is he required by any chance it's it's you know it, it, it give it give it give it to Eddie Cavani because the goal against Tottenham a diving header is always brilliant but the fact that um, the Bruno Nutmeg the quick incisive cross with his left foot in swinging from Greenwood and a diving header into the bottom corner against Spurs when he'd had that goal disallowed in the first game was a proper number nine goal and I'd like to show him our love by giving Edison Cavani the goal of the year for that one. I think it's, it's, it's it could be up, it could be up there. I don't know. as a team goal, yes, it, yes. There's there should have categories for individual skill and team goal. Um, You're over formatting it now. I think there's a format there. Well, I, that's 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 my choice. And um, player of the year, who who for you should be Man United's player of the year? Of course, Bruno won it last year. Haven't only been there half the season. <laughs> yeah, Who wins the Matt Busby Player of the Year for you? Well, it's not rocket science that I think every single United player that I know would would be debating between Shaw and Bruno. And I think it's got you've got to edge it to Bruno because there is he's peerless. But I don't know if you can again we can format it as such. 
but most improved player. You know, the kind of awards that you and I would have got at school and everybody got top of the class, it would have been the progress prize, the most improved player. I, no, I won the major ones. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I did. I, I won the Quilly, I won the Quilly Gotti Cup, best boy. The rest, the rest didn't mean anything to me. Is well, is Father Maguire got anything to do with that, <laughs> or whatever he was? That. Um, talk about that for legal reasons. <laughs> um, but it's he is Bruno is peerless. But Shaw, would you give it to? Could you? Could Shaw edge it for you? You see, Shaw won it, didn't he, a couple of years ago? And he said himself, "I won it the year everybody was rubbish." Uh, despite being a former left back, I can't have left backs being player of the year. It's just, it's just kind of wrong. Although well, we had a goalkeeper we, play of the year four years in a row. Well, yeah, but then that's that's what was going on. Twenty thirteen. Here's the Gaia. 2013, 14, 14, 15, 15, 16, and seventeen, eighteen. The Gaia won it. Who was the player of the year who broke that stint? Do you know? I can bit of a quiz going on in two thousand eighteen. No, in two thousand sixteen, seventeen. Um, the the um, streak of De Gea winning player of the year was broken, but by who? Rashford? And Herrera. Oh, yes, of course it was. That's, of I find course that amazing. it was. Here, here, I've got a long list. Right. Who won the player of the year in 2010-11? Hang on a sec. Can I just... Um... No, don't cheat. Don't <laughs> cheat. No, no, don't cheat. This give, me is a, that... give me a top three. Give me an ABC. Uh, no, I'm, no, I will tell him he's a striker. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll tell a striker. No, I'm not going to give any clues. Ro- uh, Rooney. Javier Hernandez. Oh, Chicharito. Right. Here's, this, this was a great one. I, I didn't realise this, but in 1992-93, um, the year we won the title for the first time after 26 years, who won the Matt Busby Player of the Year? Oh, come on. Give me, give me some you options. You remember that team. Come on, that's your team. What, 92... 93. I can see in your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. He's looking it up. He's looking it up. Could it be in Paul Ince? That's rubbish. You've ruined it. (laughs) You've ruined it. That was a good quiz item where you could have guessed and played along, but no, you had to cheat. I was just a guess. It's such a guess. No, you had to cheat. It was Paul Ince. Yeah, it was Paul Ince, right? Yeah, you ruined it. Absolutely ruined it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm never going to get it. I prepped that item. I prepped it. Well, this will be a bit of fun. Maybe if Dan was here. You could have given me fun. an A, B and a C for that because nobody would have got Paul Ince. Exactly. That's part of the fun of it. <laughs> why it was a quiz item. People, The three people who do listen to this has been ruined for them. Been ruined for them. Absolutely ruined. Um, well, and your, so who is your player of the year then? Well, it is Bruno, but I, it, it, I'm torn. But it is Bruno? It has, it has to, be. to be. I think it has to be Bruno. You can't. Those not, those statistics are complete nuts. I mean, he's broken the all-time record for uh, midfield goal scorers that Lampard had. Has to be Bruno. Has Was to be. Ronaldo down as a mid as a, an attacker when he when he smashed all those? Because as a, you know, he's arguably a midfielder as well. Well, all right. Here's one for you. Without cheating, in what year? Did Cristiano Ronaldo win the first, his first Player of the Year trophy? He's looking oh, it up again. I'm not well, looking it up again. He's looking it up again. I can I'm, see in your eyes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just looking at mouse click. We can all hear the mouse click. That's 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 my wife. She's sharing the office. Can you stop clicking the mouse, please? If she is, she's under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> it was 2003-04, dear listener. Was it? 
Yeah, that was his first year he won Player of the Year, and he went on to win it, um, well, 2007, 8, 2006, 7, 7 and 8, and did he win it 2009? Oh, I didn't screenshot 2009. Interestingly enough, who won it in 2003, oh, sorry, 2004, 2005? In 2004 five. If you're if you're thinking that left back shouldn't really well exactly, be it was, I know this. It was Gabriel Heinzer. Yeah, I know this because I did the quiz, Ben. I did the quiz. So <laughs> <I got more. laughs> sometimes you sort of you let one. You think you've got the best uh, best player in that position for the next ten years, and then suddenly another player comes the, the following season and eclipses him, and then is the next, is he did his cruciate. Didn't he? I'm not sure if it was before or after. I think it was before his cruciate because in September, um, the following season against Villarreal, funnily enough, um, Heinzer did his cruciate. Jesus, and that kind of your put memory put is him out. unbelievable. Let's um, look ahead. We're not going to have another podcast now before the Europa League final. So predictions, Fulham and Wolves this week, Villarreal a week on Wednesday. Go for it. Okay, I'm thinking we're going we're gonna to beat Fulham and it's going to be 3-0. And we're going to cement second place. And then against Wolves, I think if we beat them convincingly, we'll put out a, a skeleton team against Wolves because that's the game we should we need to rest them. So, you know, we, we won't push it. It'll be, it'll be a draw. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me on on uh, Sunday against Wolves that we play a similar team that played Leicester, to be honest. Yeah. I think um, Wolves, though, are terrible. They were awful yesterday against Spurs. I mean, that I wouldn't be watching that one. I mean, it'll be... It'll be rubbish um because obviously bigger prize on the line with Villarreal the Spanish FA have just announced this morning that Villarreal are allowed to play their game 24 hours earlier and they're playing Real Madrid and they're obviously going for their title against Atletico next weekend so um Villarreal have more time ahead of the final to prepare in Gdansk um you know it's I I'd like I hope we start fast um, they're a neat and tidy team, Villarreal. They've lost their fast right winger, Chikaweze, who's um, injured. Gerard Moreno is someone to look out for. And of course, Pau Torres, who United have been linked with at centre-half, is um, an in-person scouting mission for us all. Yes. Um, but, sorry, I'm just I'm not thinking, what, is there a question there? <laughs> You would, well, we would, you know, the bit was the leading was about Paul Torres and centre. Paul Torres, are there any other centre halves on your radar at the moment, Chris? Because you used this, to be a producer, you used this, to be. Um, this work. This Sven Botman has caught my eye. Has Sven he caught Botman. your? Has he caught your eye? Botman. Yeah, he has caught my eye. Yeah, he's. Um, Fabrizio Romano um, posted that the United were interested in three centre halves. Kunde was one of Seville. Uh, Botman was another, and Pau Torres. And um, Botman of the three has physical uh, prowess. <laughs> There's no way. Botman. Botman does. <laughs> There's no way we could have a player called Botman. Otherwise, oh, if we did, you have to bring Van Persie back. Uh, no, Botman. Botman. <laughs> I think he's six foot five, strong, um, left footed, great in the air, good one on ones, a proper defender has physical presence. Um, he's an interesting one. And Lille apparently need money. They've just sold um, Sumare, their midfield player, to Leicester City, uh, which I think will then, be... Then we know that Sumare is the, you know, the, probably the better player because Leicester's scouting is That's so... That's true. We'll pay £70 million for him in a couple of years' time. Yeah, exactly. But um, it would have to be Botman with Robin Van Persie. 
Or any other oh, player. Oh, doing the Botman and Robin job. Yeah, I'm doing the Botman and Robin. I led you in there. You missed it, so I, I had to bring it back. completely over the top of my um, head. I brought it. Um, I had to bring I'm it back. I am grateful I missed that. Um, and probably it leaves a, a perfect time to end this week's podcast on that bombshell. <laughs> um, ben, thanks again for talking to me about all things Man United. Um, to yes. the Man United fans, uh, enjoy the last week of the season. We've got a big game in 10 days' time where we can finally get some silverware and Ollie's first trophy. Fingers crossed. And remember, come on, you Reds. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.